everyone. Great to be here with you today. And yesterday it was a great start. And uh, when Matt was sharing about glory, God's glory, it was incredible. I really believe everything we do for His glory. But also, it, it's important for us to understand what does it mean to do everything for His glory. Quite often, we are doing ourselves uh, our own things and they're just saying, Jesus, it's all for you. I think it's not how it has to be. We need to understand what He wants us to do. Do it and just to say it's for you. Um, so I really, I, I was touched by, by your preaching yesterday. Very deep. Thank you. Um, my name is Andrei. I'm leading Sphere, or Family of Churches, uh, Nations. Uh, we, we were trying to find something more interesting, more unique, but we landed with nations because it describes our heart, our vision to reach nations. We are doing it, and we really feel God, uh, God has called us to to reach nations, so we said, okay, we'll be nations. <laughs> I know, there are advanced, new ground. Oh, I love this. Nations, okay. It's fine. It's fine. We don't have website. We don't have anything. I, I just, because sometimes people try, and when you're preaching, try nothing there. Not, not because nothing interesting, because we just, we are working in some places where we can't put anything into internet. So when, when I'm sharing some stories, I'm not uh, naming people because it, the voice still and the situation is changing, fighting line is moving, we don't know how it will finish, so we're full of faith, but on the way to victory, you know, so we, I don't want to put anyone into dangerous posi position. Also, all our work in India, in the path, I can't explain. So, so people saying, how people will know about your work? I said, I don't know. It's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> God knows. It's enough. And people we work with, we have friends, part of one family. We, we can talk. We can, we can chat. Um, I'm going to share from John 4. It's big piece, lovely story. And uh, the title is Open Your Eyes and See. In our, in Russian language, in Russian Bible, it says lift up. So open or lift up, I don't know what is better. But something we not seen yet, we need to see. And for this, we need to change our perspective. We need to change the way and the direction we are looking. Um, before, I, I, I would love to be very open and honest. I just finished to read English Bible for first first time in my life. <laughs> it takes 10 months of hard work. I still struggling with pronunciation. So all my notes, uh, I was using Google Translate from Russian, and Google is much smarter than me. <laughs> Sometimes I think, wow, I never heard such words in English, but I will read it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, what I couldn't find, I couldn't find a special button on my laptop which really annoyed him. One guy came to me, I was preaching in Lisbon, Portugal, and he said, Andre, this uh, special program which summarizes all knowledge, it's so useful for preachers. You can just uh, put a word or subject, and all, like, millions of books, the computer will do research for you and prepare the best preaching. I said, oh, I'm scary. <laughs> but God works differently. He has special, special something for us. Because we are his children, he, he is leading us. He has something to talk. And uh, this morning, I really believe, whole day, yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's speaking to us. He's sharing his heart. And we are just open to, to, to listen, to hear, and, and to, be, to be obedient. Before, before I started to, to preach, I would love to invite Grace 
she's going to read, because who can read like teacher, English teacher, you know? <laughs> and at least, at least you'll be blessed by this story. It's a beautiful story. You know, quite often we are thinking, we are dreaming about the success, about the breakthrough, but there is a journey. We can't get the point, final point, without journey. So uh, Jesus, when Jesus started this story, we'll, we, we'll see from, uh, I really just uh, want to encourage you to see this story from different perspectives, from disciples' perspective, how they came to that place, and their feelings also, that woman, one, one of main characters of this story, also her feelings, and kind of hopeless situation, you can't reach this woman, you can't build relation, you can't share the good news, and Jesus, different attitude, different feeling, so you'll be blessed, please. than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who was baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go. Call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? 
they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap for what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you very much, Grace. Lord Jesus, just speak to us through this story. We are opening our hearts, our mind, to be transformed, to be changed by the power of your word, by your spirit. We'd love to grow in understanding of your ways, of your principles. And also, we're really asking you, just lead us. We are hopeless without you. All our knowledge, all our experience is nothing. It's great for past, but we need fresh. Oh, Holy Spirit, just come and, and, and move around us. Touch our hearts. We need you. Just increase your anointing. Amen. Um, can we move with the slides? And we'll see how it goes. Yes, please. The mentality of the workers of the Lord of the Harvest. We... I'm not going to go through this story. It's huge. It's beautiful. It's so many lessons. So just a little bit we'll be focusing on. Uh, um, Jesus had a special mentality, and it was really counter-cultural in that moment, not as all people did. When we are learning um, his, his ministry, how he, uh, he did everything, it's unique. We just following him. For example, when he starts his ministry, he was baptized close to uh, uh, in, in Jordan. Then he came back to his uh, his place, Galilee, and he starts ministry. Uh, he, his, the beginning of his ministry was very successful. Uh, thousands of people started to follow him. Just huge crowd, a lot of miracles, healings, and other. And um, in, in Capernaum, one place. Uh, it seems like he became very popular. It's success. You know, we are very focused on success. And we have our uh, understanding of success, yeah? Uh, I'm struggling when people uh, just asking questions. And what we would love to, to hear, we would love to hear successful stories. You know, growth, breakthrough, numbers. We're excited about this. But it's it's... Not always the way how God is leading us. For example, in Capernaum, it was thousands, great response, and expectation was probably Capernaum will become his like main office. But then Jesus said to the disciples, no, 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 we are going. They said, what? This is success. Thousands of people. He, he, he said, no, this is not description of my ministry. I was sent 
to preach the good news to every town and village and place and Judea and, ho and for, for whole Israel. I'm not for Cap Capernaum. So he, was, he left Capernaum, successful place, and went to uh, Judea. Judea was the most generous place. He spent about six months there, and it, it became, again, we, we call it successful, because many people just... Uh, started to believe in him, and his disciples baptized a lot of them, and you know, uh, the religious leaders started to worry. They just finished with uh, John the Baptist, successfully. You know, he was in a prison at that moment. So they said, oh, well done, praise God. We can continue our business. We can, no, con no, no competition around, because John the Baptist was quite a person. They've been afraid of him, Thousands were following him. Their life was transformed. He was challenging them as well. So now quiet moment. And then Jesus came. And even worse. Because he started to heal people. And a lot of miracles. And his teaching. His teaching was so unique. He didn't, it wasn't like them. So simple but so deep. And with authority. Not just knowledge. But something. He was feeding people. Not, not providing knowledge, he was feeding people, and they started to, to fear him. And they started to think, okay, we have a plan with a successful plan with a John the Baptist, probably we need to repeat. At that po point, Jesus said, let's go, come back to Galilee. So he, uh, actually, different reasons, but uh, Jesus, it's, it, I think it's hard to understand for us, God in flesh, but other side, human anointed by Holy Spirit. This Some, sometimes it's hard to understand. Is he operates like God because it's so powerful? But no, he was anointed, led by Holy Spirit because only in that point we can follow him. We can, we can do what he, what he did. So I think it's a great example, someone who is anointed, led by Holy Spirit. And he was, sometimes he was very prophetic, sometimes he was very pragmatic. At that point, he said, I know it's not my time to die. If I stay for longer, they will kill me. So it's time to... And actually, he established another one principle, and uh, he was teaching, and now he just showed how it works. He said, if someone is uh, pushing you out of the town, like persecuting you, leave it and go to another place. Actually, if we are obedient, the gospel is spreaded. We are not staying in one place, because not always to stay in one place is a will of God, from God. Sometimes we need to just leave and go to another place, and to preach a gospel and plant new churches there. So I think it's 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 nice story. I, I'm, I'm just learning and learning from this story. So why, why Samaria? Why Jesus went, it's, it's strong. It said, now he had to go through Samaria. No, he, he hadn't, actually. It's not about the logistics, because, yeah, it was the shortest way. It takes three days from Judea to, to Galilee through Samaria, but all well-respectful rabbis or religious Pharisees, religious leaders, all uh, godly Jews will never go through Samaria. You know, they, they said... Uh, um, opinion that to eat or to buy or to receive bread from Samaritans the same as to eat pork. And to go through Samaria and to eat there so you're unclean. It was a tension between Jews, Jews and Samaritans for, for centuries, for ne nearly a thousand years. So the most ordinary way was to cross the Jordan, go up north, cross Jordan, so, but to avoid to go through Samaria. But Jesus made a decision to go through Samaria. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Do you like this answer? I don't know. I have some ideas, but I don't know. It's, it's easy when it's said, because. I think Jesus was establishing principles. Do, do not ignore people. Do not look over like others. I think this is still 
we have in our society people we prefer to avoid to meet with. I think. Quite often to, to get a successful story means to change your mind. So Jesus led his disciples through Samaria. Samaria was a scary place for them. Have you ever seen 12 men going for the shopping? <laughs> it was general feeling. It was a friendly place. All 12 men, I can imagine, going to the village. It was, it was a movie. Fear, not fun. Their dream was to finish the story as soon as possible. Uh, okay, move forward. Mm, also, I think that it was a sense because Jesus, in his ministry, he never made a decision without without feeling that God is fatherly leading him. It was his foundation. He said, the, the things I'm initiating before I see that God, Father is doing it, and the words I'm sharing, uh, I hear the Father is it's, it's from him. So all, all his ministry was built on obedience to Father. He was spending sometimes nights, days, just in, in the Father's presence. And I think it was a, a lot of conversation about what Father wants him to do. And, uh, and sometimes, I think it's, it's, it's our experience, we, we can feel God wants us to do something. It's not, not, not often it's, it's loud voice or clear prophetic. Sometimes it's just little feeling. And uh, the way how the Holy Spirit is leading us is different. We, we are learning it. We are developing these skills. But sometimes we just feel, quite often I just feel I need to call someone. Sometimes it's not the most appropriate moment. Once I was, I studied, I was preparing for the conference. And you know, when you, it takes one hour to, to prepare everything to study for me. All books has to be in the right place. So I, I need to be two cups of coffee before <laughs> and then coffee ready for the next stage. You know, it's, it's so, and for at least for three, four hours because, yeah, it's mess. But it's, 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 it's like. And then I just felt I need to stop and make a call to my friends. <coughs> it's strange because when Holy Spirit encourages us to do something, quite often he, he doesn't explain why. Do you just fail? So I stop. And other side of the phone, he said, Oh, Andre, you can't imagine we are just sitting in with our team and talking about you. We need to contact you and discuss the next steps about the mission. I think, wow. It's so easy. Just do what Holy Spirit... But <laughs> it's not easy. Because we don't know what, what will come out from, from our niche. Especially sometimes it's strange. Strange and ideas. And only one way just to check it. Do it. And we are growing in, in trust in God. So I think it was combination. He was establishing principle. Then probably it was a real understanding from Father, or just feeling that he, he needs, but we, we, we'll, we'll see a bit more clear later, maybe, we'll see. Why well? Why well? Some commenters uh, said, uh, this, this place, this town, Sikhar, just outside of that place, the road's been splitted. And the next miles, no place, to sit, no place to find water. So it was noon, it was very hot, the hottest moment. It's natural, he needed just time for rest. And you know, quite often we think that God is using our strengths, but more often 
for breaking through, God is using our limits. Jesus was in a position, I think one of the pictures, uh, his, he was asking for help from, from women, Samaritan woman. It wasn't a strong position. When we are in need, quite often we are embarrassed. We don't want to show it because who will listen if you are uh, weak, if you are, have limits, if you lack something. But I have learned that in many breakthroughs we experience when we openly said that we need. Actually, to preach a gospel, especially in different culture, the best way not to teach but to ask. Because when you ask and you're humble, you're learning, and uh, not many people will, will listen, especially in different nations, if you come to teach. You can imagine, come to teach Germans in Bavaria. We are praying about planting churches in, in, in Munich. How you can teach people, clever engineers, great people, very confident, wealthy, healthy, everything, and you're coming, okay, now I'll teach you how to live. Really? What car Ukraine is producing? Oh, yeah, we have one, but we stopped to produce. Uh, why? Because no one wants to buy it. Okay, okay. Share your story. We're really open to learn from you. No way. No way. But ask for help. We were building our church building, big project. I'm builder. I love to build. And we've been praying and just thinking how to reach men. Many women in our church family, they're men not yet Christians. So we've been, how? You know, to invite men to listen to your preaching, it doesn't work. Most of the time. But we found to invite men to help us to build. They said, yeah. Now I'll show who is real man. <laughs> and so many came. And we, we have developed simple strategy. Invite men, work together, and then for short. You know, it's wise, short. And have long, big lunch. <laughs> and just share the stories. And some men join our family of church wow. just, just because they've been helping us. They could be real men. And then by sharing, by listening story, Holy Spirit was touching their hearts. They've been learning that these men are nice men as well. They are, yeah. So it's, I, I think this is um, lessons for us. Don't be afraid of having not everything. Be weak, it's fine. God is using our weakest moments, limits as well. And Paul has learned it. He was praying about being strong, everything fine. Just said, uh, God said, no, no, my grace is enough for you. My power will, will be released in your position. So you won't be healed or restored, whatever you ask. No, no, it's fine to be weak. It's fine. So Jesus was asking for help and you know it was probably the only opportunity for him to have a chat with that lady humbly asking to help the well was quite quite deep actually uh the well is still in israel but i don't think we'll now go and check it yeah quite deep 30 meters deep you're hopeless if you don't have special tools you'll sit near the water without water it was great, great picture for the lady. And he said, I have water. And she understand water not enough. You need something to, to get it. And Jesus said, I can give you. It was a great con con conversation. Why Samaritan woman? I will read this quote. His ability to sympathize. In simple conversation, Jesus connects with the Samaritan woman as an indiv individual with her own special history and needs. In the narrative, 
She emerges as a person worthy of the gift of faith. And so Jesus turns to her. Jesus is full of love and is ready to destroy her sinful past. He stretches out his hands to her. Our failure to share the good news is a signal of our failure to love. No one will want to share with us the joy of being at the source of living water until they understand that we enjoy the company. A person is indifferent to what I know, but it is important for him to feel that I care about him. Bruce Milne. Um, yeah, I just feel it's important for us to think about people we are naturally trying to avoid. In my life, there are some people I don't think voluntarily I will sit and talk. I'm honest, because we are still on the way, and God is walking by His Spirit with us. Maybe we can think now for, for a few, few seconds. Do we have people around, maybe nation, ethnos, or social kind of group, subculture around? We are avoiding, maybe they're close to our church building. Um, years ago, we were praying about reaching, you know, when we are praying about reaching our town, city, we have particular people we want to reach, and we call it purpose-driven church, yeah, because we know, and sometimes God wants us to give us different people, and quite often, for different reasons, reason, they're coming closer to our church building, and then sometimes it's uncomfortable because we prefer to see different people near us. Um, okay, I won't tell this story. It's, 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 it's time. I'm intriguing you. <laughs> uh, my foot is to do the will of him who sent me, Jesus said. His disciples came, brought food. They, they said, we've done it, time to eat. He said, no, no food now. They've been following him, involved in his projects, be part of his ministry, do similar. He was training them how to preach the gospel, how to heal uh, ill people, how to cast demons, everything he was teaching them. But to have the similar knowledge and even experience, but we can have different heart attitude. Something which, what, what is important for us or pleasing us or feeding us. Jesus said, my food is to do will of God. I know it's, it's famous, we know this, but to experience it. What is really feeding us? What is making us happy in our ministry? What makes us feel, yeah, I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right things. What kind of stuff? What kind of Sunday gathering makes us happy? What is destroying us? Sometimes after Sunday, we're coming full of bad feelings. The number of people, the sound system, the preaching, I'm, I'm not happy with the preaching. Quite often, such a things. Or respond, or how the, the conversation went. Just said, my food is to fulfill the will of Father. To know and to fulfill. To know and to fulfill. Sometimes we can feel, oh, we are doing really what God wants us, but it's better to know and to do. And only way to know means to be in His presence. Um, 2014, we used to live near Russian border, so when the war started, 
Uh, it started in our place, and uh, uh, our church building has been taken away from us for one year, occupied by soldiers. Tanks been staying in our soldiers used to live there. It's big building. It's a very nice location. We had, uh, still have actually, uh, the hall for 600 people, and uh, it's great location, big territory. They said we need it. Actually, they said nothing. Just took everything. And uh, my wife and uh, and kids went to see her relatives. And fighting line has moved. We've been separated. No internet for three weeks. No phone connection. I was sitting in my garden. Uh, praise God, I had a lot of coffee, so I could make coffee. I'm joking now. <laughs> and. Um, Everything what I could do, you know, we, we, we couldn't have any, any church meetings because I had a meeting with a new kind of official. They said, if you meet, you'll be arrested all. So we became underground church meeting only in houses. Praise God, we had very well organized uh, um, groups all around the, all people in the church being in a small groups. So it was all organized. One years before but the year before the war start we really felt for some reasons we need to be very serious and everyone has to be in discipleship groups so then we understand why i was sitting in, in on a bench uh, watering strawberry drinking coffee and just thinking about life i used to lead a church nearly 20 years it it, it was base apostolic church we've been planting churches around I started to lead a group of churches, uh, uh, great team, I love, you know, you're building up. And then suddenly, any, everything, and also we've been running a business, combining ministry and business, so busy, happy life, and everything just break down. For that moment, I thought, oh, it seems like everything gone. Most of people, especially young, young families, they went. All the people, less number, just I don't know how many left. We can't walk on the street because it was dangerous. Uh, I had no idea. We canceled all confer conferences, all meetings, everything. My schedule was empty. I had no idea what, what, what will look my future. And... Uh, I can't call, I can't contact anyone from my team, from a church, from apostolic team, so nothing. I'm sitting, drinking coffee, watering strawberry, and I think, okay, it seems like we lost everything. And then I started to ask a question myself. What makes me a valuable person? What is my identity? If I never will lead a church, preach, meetings, vision, how I fail? How I will fail myself? And when you're losing everything, it's a treasure moment. I was staying on my knees before, before God, and I said, if you ask me to water the strawberry till the rest of my life, and it will be your will and my call, and do nothing more, I'm happy. I don't want to build anything without you, because if it's broken, and it's not from you, it's wasting of my life. I don't want to repeat it. So for the rest of my life, I will seek your face and spend time and will do what you ask me to do. Yeah, it's easier to pray than to do, you know. <laughs> but it was an important moment for me personally. And 
it's, it can be difference, it can be illness, it's other, uh, other challenge. But we are reaching a point when we need to, to talk with ourselves about our identity. What is our foundation? What really fits us? If this is success, breakthrough, numbers, it can be, but we can lose everything. And I've seen so many broken people when they lost and nothing left. Because Jesus is not foundation. Because Jesus is not enough. I've been going through the huge pressure from, because when you're leading a team and, and leaders around you, they, they're asking, what is your vision? What is our vision? What is our strategy? And you know all these teachings about, I still remember one guy said to me, if you don't have 20 year plan, strategic plan with the steps, you're not leader. I said, I am not leader, it's fine. <laughs> I, do, I don't need to be called a leader. But what I don't want, I don't want to create my old plan and to follow it. I don't want. If God is leading step by step, it's fine. It's hard. It's, it's stressful because you need to slow down. It's like driving in a foggy, in a fog. You hardly could see anything, so your speed is just, you're walking faster. But it's okay. If God is leading such a dynamic, it's fine. We are in his hand. I think, so Jesus said, my food is, because it was real. It, it was his food, not numbers, not success, not, not this visible. Actually, his end was a cross. I don't think this is our dream, to die on a cross. Naked, full of shame. And he said, fulfilled. I've done it. Wow. On a cross. Dying on a cross. Like slave. And he said, I've done. I was fa faithful till the end. So I think it's, it's combination. When, when God is leading us, uh, uh, it's combination. Sometimes it's open open doors, sometimes it's me, sometimes prophetic word, sometimes we are just following principles we, we believe in. We believe in giving, we believe in paying attention, loving everyone like Jesus loved. We are learning how to do it. And when we are putting into practice such a fundamental principle, sometimes we are just coming to the wonderful stories like Jesus. He came to Samaria, not avoid, and suddenly sitting on a wall asking for help humbly, and conversation happened. And not just this uh, woman, but whole Samaritan village came and they said, oh yeah, we believe. And they asked him to stay with, he, uh, with them two more days. You know, some people said Jesus wa was in a rush. He, he chose Samaria because he was... No, he wasn't actually. He spent two more days. R relax. Samaria never been his main focus on ministry. I think it's it's huge lesson for us. We are so focused. It's my alarm. Don't worry. Um, I'm putting because always I'm forgetting the the time. You know, men is one. It's not multi-purposeful. Women is. They can do everything. When I'm preaching in English, I'm just forgetting. Matt said, but. You, you can see the time. It's not enough for me. I need alarm. <laughs> okay. Um, the language and the picture of the kingdom. Actually, we'll continue. Uh, second se session will uh, we'll be very connected. The language and the picture of the kingdom of God. I will read this. Uh, Chapter 4, 35 to 38. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look on the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the soil and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. 
Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. It's an interesting question. You know, this quote quite often we are trying to apply to every place. But I think, first of all, we need to think about that happening in Samaria, in that place he calls. Someone was, has been sowing the seeds in Samaria because without sowing, the harvest will not come. It's very practical. I know we all, it's all about harvest. It's actually all work on field is about harvest. We need to remember. Because sometimes we are just in projects. No, no, no. Harvest, this is main thing. It's all about harvest. But the sowing seeds is critically important. The reason why that woman and generally that place been ready to receive Jesus and to believe, because someone was working hard before without any results and sowing. Who? Different commentators, some commentators said it was John the Baptist because his ministry, he was, um, he was baptizing people in quite close to that place. Maybe they've been affected. Because during the conversation, that, that lady was very aware about Messiah. She was, even with her quite broken life, she was thinking about worship. And they, they, had, they had their own... Um, uh, temple in, in the mountain of Garizim, or how sounds in, in English. So they, they tried to worship God, living God, their own way. So she, she was thinking about this important spiritual stuff. And she, she started to argue with Jesus or ask questions. She said, oh, you know, we believe in, in this, you believe in this, but I have heard that Messiah will come and will tell from whom? John the Baptist, he was proclaiming about Messiah, and he said he is coming and just preparing, preparing the way. So it seems like they've been ready. Did John the Baptist saw the harvest? No, he was sowing. Some commentators said it was a prophet, because God was sending, was sending the prophets to Samaria as well. From Old Testament, we can see different prophets been visiting and proclaiming war from God to Samaria. We don't know exactly, but someone who was visiting and sowing the seeds. If someone is becoming to faith, if we learn his story, it was a people on a journey. It was praying, sharing the testimony, uh, or, or um, sharing the gospel. It was a Years of preparation, and then one meeting. You think, wow, what event! This, this, this person became Christian. Yeah, but it was years of hard work without any harvest. Um, when we think about the church, quite often we are using language of building. I love this language. When we are building, what, why I love to be a builder? Because after one day of hard work, you're turning back, you think, well done. <laughs> it was nothing, now you can see some progress. Even when you're digging the hole for putting foundation, it's still progress. For some people, what are you doing? You're just wasting money. No, no, no. As a builder, I know. After one day of hard work, there is a little progress. So we love building. The language of kingdom of God is a sowing. It's really different. It, it seems like you are losing all the time before harvest. And uh, this scripture in Old Testament, Psalm 126, maybe you can correct me because we have difference in numbers in uh, Russian and English Bible. Those who sow with tears will reap with the sons of joy. Those who go out weeping carrying seeds to, to sow, will return with songs of, jo of joy, carrying sh uh, sh shifts with, the, with them. Is it correct? Something like this, yeah? So, but you're clever enough to read and to understand properly. Actually, I'm learning English, you know? I'm just practicing, and, and you're corrected me. I'm getting benefit of this preaching. 
2014, just one year before, uh, God gave us a promise that he's given us grace to touch nations in India. Ukraine is a very local-minded nation. In our local church I used to lead, only few people had international passports and even fewer had international experience. So for us together, yeah, because it's, 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 different, it's different life, guys, it's different life. Uh, so to speak about vision for rich nations, it's funny. People looking, they never left their place. They never traveled for any reasons. They don't have any international passport. And you're encouraging, let's, let's reach nations. People look, yeah, good idea, yes, yes, okay, we are blessing you, go, go, just go. <laughs> we'll pray for you. You know this, this ma magic phrase, we are going to pray for you. It means, don't touch us, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. I have learned about this phrase, I will pray. In different contexts, it means different. In UK, quite often, it means no. <laughs> because English people are so polite. <laughs> to say no, it's rude. So, I'll pray. So when, when God told us about reaching India, all my knowledge about India was uh, Indian movies, Bollywood. <laughs> it was deep understanding of culture, you understand? <laughs> and we started to think, pray, and uh, we, we have one couple, they've been leading one church. For 10 years, they've been praying about moving to India. So we started to make a plan, and the work happened. Actually, they applied for a visa, they got it, a student visa for whole family. But when war started, all, all economies stopped. So we had $150 US for whole our mission, and 4,500 uh, tickets. So it's interesting moment and this yes another one so it, so it's becoming serious you know andre you're crossing the red line now i know so i'll finish later because it's time amen 